host, Amanda Dave. I'm podcasting from the home of the College World Series in Warren Buffett, Omaha, Nebraska. This is a pediatrician and training podcast. It is a resource for medical students and residents, and I'm your host. This podcast will cover high-yield topics, as well as interviews with pediatricians and pediatrics of specialists. I'm a first-year pediatrics resident at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. I went to Tulane University in New Orleans for my undergraduate degree, and I received my medical degree from Creighton University School of Medicine. I just wanted to put up a brief disclaimer on these podcasts. So this, the information presented in this, blog, in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be construed as medical advice. This is general information and is not patient-specific. This information is not guaranteed to be correct, complete, or current. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm using this as an educational tool for myself and for you guys, and I'll be presenting topics after I research them and kind of discussing them from there. Okay, guys, let's get started. Uh, today we're going to talk about acute otitis media and otitis externa. These are very important for medical students and for pediatric residents. It can be super confusing, and I still struggle with it. I know, a lot of times I'll go into a room and be like, oh my gosh, this kid's ear looks like crap. And then the pediatrician will be like, no, Amanda, let's go look again. Um, so I'll do an overview and kind of discussion of both acute otitis media and otitis externa. So for acute otitis media, it is inflammation of the middle ear. Um, the You'll have an erythematous, opaque, bulging tympanic membrane with distorted landmarks and light reflux. It's not mobile on insufflation. If there's a fusion, you'll have non-purulent fluid in the middle ear space, the feeling of fullness and hearing loss, usually no pain or fever with effusion. If a kid has recurrent uh, acute otitis media, so it's greater than three in six month period, four episodes in one year with one episode in the previous six months. This is in contrast with a chronic acute otitis, chronic otitis media, which uh, lasts about three months and fails to respond to initial antibiotic therapy. For otitis externa, there are increased incidence of this in the warm weather months. And for malignant otitis externa, this is more commonly associated with kids that are immunocompromised or have severe malnutrition. So by one year of age, at least two thirds of kids have at least one episode of acute otitis media. Boys have it greater than girls, and it's more common in kids of lower socioeconomic status. Acute otitis media accounts for greater than 90% of all antibiotic use in the first two years of life. Some risk factors for acute otitis media include exposure to tobacco smoke, use of a pacifier, formula feeding, feeding in the lying down position, uh, as well as attending childcare or daycare, kids with craniofacial abnormalities or anomalies, as well as allergic rhinitis, immunodeficiencies, have an increased incidence of acute otitis media, and with respect to population health, both Native Americans and Alaskan Natives have an increased rate of acute otitis media. With respect to etiology, Otitis media is inflammation of the upper respiratory tract, usually secondary to viral infection. So what happens is edema in that respiratory mucosa can lead to eustachian tube dysfunction. The bacteria or viral uh, bugs don't really drain properly, and this can lead to an abscess in the middle ear. Now this is a little bit of a throwback to that step one material, but the most common bugs associated with acute otitis media include strep pneumo, H. influenza, and Moraxella cateralis for bacterial infections. With respect to viral, RSV, influenza, and parainfluenza are the most common viral. RSV can infect the mucosa of the middle ear as well. Now with respect to otitis externa, this is a multifactorial process, can be related to trauma to the external auditory canal as well as the foreign body, 
repeated ear cleansing, swimmer's ears. So this will happen in the summer months where there's prolonged exposure to standing water, as well as kids that just have standing water in their ear due to being in the shower for an extended period of time. Allergies can cause this, as well as increased sweating. Uh, with respect to bacterial etiology, the most common bug is Pseudomonas, but it's usually a micro polymicrobial infection. For uh, malignant oocytis externa, minor trauma to the canal will spread rapidly and can lead to osteomyelitis. So that's something to kind of watch out for. Now the signs, and we're going to go back to uh, cutitized media for a second. So signs and symptoms for that is that a kid will have a recent history of a URI or upper respiratory infection. They'll have acute onset of new fever as well as ear discomfort or pain um, or irritability. With older kiddos, you'll see them sometimes pulling and they'll have fevers and they just will be overall crabby patties. Now, with respect to otitis externa, uh, a kid will present with ear pain, pain with chewing, or difficulty hearing. For malignant otitis externa, the pain will be severe, they'll be copious and malodorous discharge, and the kid can develop facial paralysis as well. For labs for otitis externa, you'll see a left shift on a CBC and the ESR will be elevated. For physical exam with respect to acute otitis media, you'll see bulging of the tympanic membrane on direct visualization, um, and, and maybe purulent yellow or blue-gray fluid behind the membrane. For diagnostics, you can do that tympanometry for tympanic membrane compliance, but a lot of this diagnosis is clinical and requires you know, just practice looking in eardrums. For management of acute otitis media, this is usually self-limited as the viral illness resolves. Effusions can last for weeks, 60% resolve within three months, 85% in six months, there is some concern for conductive hearing loss, so just kind of keep an eye on that and make sure the kids are still hearing well in clinic. And then effusions are sterile, so there's no need for antibiotics. With respect to the use of antibiotics and the treatment or management of acute otitis media, for severe bilateral or unilateral acute otitis media in kids greater than six months with severe signs or symptoms, that's when you would consider giving antibiotics, you know, if they have moderate or severe otalgia for greater than 48 hours, or if their temp is greater than 102.2. Kids that have bilateral ear infections that are less than 24 months old, with or without severe signs and symptoms, you can consider giving antibiotics. Unilateral uh, ear infections in pa patients less than 24 months based on parents. So this kind of requires joint decision making with parent or caregiver and discussion of use of antibiotics versus the understanding that it's mostly viral, usually viral, and you can consider reevaluation of the patient uh, if fever or irritability continues. This uh, for patients greater than 24 months of unilateral and bilateral ear infections, you kind of still do that joint decision making with respect to discussing it with the parent or caregiver. And then when it comes to observation after initial evaluation of the patient to see if you're going to start antibiotics, you do observation for 48 to 72 hours after the onset of symptoms. The antibiotic of choice, if you're going to use antibiotics with the aforementioned patients of like severe bilateral or unilateral in kids greater than six months, or as bilateral in kids less than 24 months, um, you'd use high dose amoxicillin. That's our recommended first line choice. You can use 10 days for kids less than two. Kids between the ages of two and five can do seven day treatment. And for kids less, kids greater than six years old, you can do five to seven days of treatment with mild to moderate symptoms. Now, if they're allergic to amoxicillin, you can do ceftonir, 14 mg per kg per day. And the other big thing with respect to management of acute otitis media is pain management. So 
you can use acetaminophen and ibuprofen for mainstay pain management just kind of have parents switch off and on like between those two medications uh, as well as you can use topical allergen benzocaine and lidocaine to manage uh, ear pain now with respect to acute now if the kiddo ends up having otitis media with effusion management can include placement of tubes they may all might also need an adrenectomy management with antibiotics includes neomycin polymyxin b and hydrocortisone for seven to ten days for kids who have recurrent otitis media, you can consider the placement of tubes. Um, you refer them to ENT and they'll kind of make that uh, discussion or have that discussion with parents. Now, when are you going to admit a kiddo that has either acute otitis media or malignant otitis externa? You're going to admit when the kid looks toxic, uh, they have superlative complications, they need IV antibiotics, or they have malignant otitis externa. All right, great work today. We'll just do a quick review and then we'll be done. So remember, with acute otitis media, uh, the most common bugs include strep pneumo, H. influenza, and Waraxella catarralis for bacterial infection. For viral, most common are RSV, influenza, and parainfluenza. The most common or appropriate use for antibiotics is high-dose amoxicillin. For kids that are less than two, you'll do 10 days of antibiotics. Ages two to five, you can do seven days of treatment. And for kids that are greater than six, you'll use five to seven days of treatment. If they're allergic to amoxicillin, you can use septonere. And big things with respect to pain management is the alteration, alternation of acetaminophen and ibuprofen. Now with respect to antibiotics, I'm just gonna reiterate this. In kids greater than 24 months, it'll require joint decision-making with the parent or caregiver. You can kind of discuss whether or not you wanna to observe to for 48 to 72 hours after the onset of symptoms as to whether or not to initiate antibiotics. Just remember that for acute otitis media, 90% of all antibiotic use in the first two years of life is associated with it. And a lot of the times these cases are viral and associated with you know, risk factors that will increase your chances of having otitis media. So uh, really it requires good discussions with parents. Yeah, I know this one was a longer one, but just remember acute otitis media is a pretty common thing that you're going to encounter in clinic and for medical students and for residents, and I just want to make sure we did a decent overview of it. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions for podcasts, please feel free to email at amandameraldave at gmail.com. This has been a pediatrician in training.